Welcome back to the God She Trust podcast with your host, Kitcher Cooper. And I've got an update for you guys. Um, so uh, last week we had on the amazing Sonia Worley, and I was so grateful, um, you know, that she came on. But, you know, last week Tasha was sick. And since then, her health just has not gotten any better. And so, um, Tasha has uh, stepped away from the podcast in order to focus on her health and focus on her family. And so um, it's going to be me. It's going to be me. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where that uh, old sync reference came from. It just popped into my head. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be me for a little while and um, just kind of now, what was it? A, a, a duo journey is now a solo journey. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a little sad, you know, uh, that Tasha is going to be gone. Um, but I love her and she of course needs to focus on her health. And, um, I just ask that you guys pray for, um, and pray that, um, the Lord's healing comes upon her body and that, you know, gives the, gives the doctors answers. And, um, she's very dearly loved. And Tasha, if you're listening, I love you. And, um, I'm always here for you. So, um, with that said, I was kind of trying to figure out exactly what to do. Right. Um, cause like even back in season one, um, I've always had two other people here on the, on the podcast with me and it hasn't been just me. Um, I felt the calling of God on my life, um, little while ago, probably about 18 months or so ago that I felt the calling, um, into ministry. And I didn't exactly know what that looked like to be completely honest. I wasn't exactly sure what God was leading me into. Um, I just felt like he wanted me to start sharing it with the world and what better way to do that than a podcast. And so he, you know, called me to do, to do that. Um, but you know, I've always had other people doing it with me. And I said, um, God, I can't do this by myself. And he's like, yeah, you can. He's like, my calling does not stop just because you're alone. Like just because um, you think like how this is shaping up is not how how you thought it was going to be. So I'm not exactly sure what God is doing right now. I okay like let's be real I really hardly ever know what God is doing I never know exactly what path he's leading me down um but I was just like I don't know what to talk about um you know I've, I've had some ideas and I'm I'm gonna have on you know a lot more guests now um here in a couple weeks um I'm gonna have on two very very awesome people um Kendra and Michael Bauer they're they're both going to be coming on. I'm super excited because it's going to be an amazing podcast and um, they are just so anointed. Um, They're just, and every time that both of them speak or preach, um, I just get chills because I just totally hear the Holy Spirit. So I'm super excited that you guys are going to be able to listen to them. Uh, We had Kendra on 
um, at the end of season one last season and you all loved her. Um, she's like that, that episode is probably still our leading episode as far as downloads goes. And it's just because she's so anointed and she just speaks with such boldness about God and about his purpose and, and, um, the authority that he has and that he gives us. So I'm going to have her back on, but I'm going to have, um, her husband with her and it'll be super, super cool. But, um, I was praying to God and I was just kind of like, I don't know what to talk about, yada, yada. And, um, the Holy spirit, um, I had music going on in the background on my Alexa and this song came on and it just like broke me into tears. And then the Holy Spirit brought a piece of scripture to mind. So we're going to do something a little bit different that I've never asked you guys to do. But um, this is my circus now. So <laughs> I, I get to do whatever I want. Um, so um, I, I want you guys in just a second. I want you to pause the podcast and I want you to look up and listen to the entire song, not just half of the song. I want you to listen to the entire song. And this song just, um, is the basis of my calling. And this is the basis of this podcast. And we're stepping into a new season. I'm stepping into, um, new obedience. I'm stepping fully and relying fully on the mercy of God and on his strength. I'm, I'm stepping out on water, right? I'm being Peter. I'm stepping out of the boat. I said, Jesus, if you know, he said in, um, Jesus, Lord, if that is you call me to come to you and have me walk on water. And of course, Jesus called for Peter and Peter got out of the boat. So from here forward, this is me stepping out of the boat. This is me stepping out on water. So, um, the song I want you guys to go, uh, listen to, it's called Available by Elevation Worship. It is a longer song. It's almost 10 minutes long, but I want you to pause the podcast here and listen to it, and then we will reconvene. Okay, so um, if you listen to that song, um, I don't know, that song, I, it just moves me all the time, every time I hear it. And I've just, I've been listening to it probably two or three times a day um, for, I don't know, at least the last week. Um, and every time it plays, it just really brings me back to um, the Lord's feet. I I struggle with vulnerability in a lot of aspects because, like I've said before, it's scary to me. Um, and I am my most vulnerable when I am in front of the Lord. Um. He has a way of just stripping back my protective layers and um, replacing my heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Like I've mentioned in, um, in past podcasts, I 
you know, I grew up with parents who never really cried. I never really cried. And I have said that I hate crying and, um, you know, I would avoid crying at all costs. And, um, you know, cause you know, I just said, Oh, I just don't want to cry. And, um, I said it on a couple podcasts ago, the Holy spirit was like, no, you just didn't want to feel. Um, and sometimes I think not feeling is a sign of strength, but through the Holy spirit's guidance, it's actually, he's shown me that, um, it's actually a weakness, um, being able to, you know, put up a wall and put up a front that you're always strong and that you're always okay. And, um, that you always have it together. And I don't know why I've, um, always been that type of person where I always thought I had to put on, you know, a face that, um, is always like, Oh yeah, I'm fine. Everything's great. Everything's good. You know, I'm, I'm by nature a very happy person. I am. Um, and I, I like to be, I like to be seen as a happy person. You know, I want to make people happy. I want to make people laugh. I want to, I want to be the bright spot in, in someone's day. Um, but before I really gave my heart over to Christ, um, that became extremely exhausting to be other people's source of happiness on my own strength. And what it eventually did was it eventually kind of turned me cynical and bitter um, to where it was slowly taking away my sympathy and empathy for people. I don't even know why I'm talking like this right now because this is nowhere in what I wanted to talk about. Um, but the Holy Spirit's leading me, so we're going to go where he goes. Um, but yeah, it just kind of turned me kind of cynical and bitter because um, I was always doing the things that I wanted other people to do for me. I was always wanting to be the bright spot in somebody's day. I was thinking of somebody. I was, you know, sending flowers when, you know, I felt like they needed to pick me up or I would do these little things or I put myself out there and I would, you know, I would, um, um, just kind of do what I could for others in order to make them happy. And I, I took that burden upon myself and like, yeah, like a lot of people are like, Oh, you just wanted to be nice. That's not a burden. It can turn into a burden if it's, um, almost out of a place of selfishness. Um, I think the reason why I did that was because I was hoping that somebody would do that for me. You know, I, I wanted to, you know, I, I was taught, you know, the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Um, but sometimes I would do that stuff expecting like a thanks in return. And so I got very bitter and cynical, um, when I would put myself out there and try to be as kind and loving towards others. And then I, um, I wouldn't get the same in return. And I'm not saying that I was doing nice things just to get something in return. That's not it. Um, but what I realized, um, that if I'm not being poured into by God and by his strength, it eventually, um, will wear you out. Um, you know, I, 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 like I said, I wanted to do kind things for people, but then I was also massively disappointed 
when um, those same people or even just random people in general would, you know, do something to hurt me or they would, they would turn out to be somebody I didn't necessarily think they were, you know, where it's just kind of like, oh, they, you know, where I, I almost felt a little, a little tricked. <clears throat> um, and bef- mind you, this was, you know, before my huge transformation in Christ. Um, and so, yeah, I started becoming like really bitter and cynical. And um, I started telling myself that I am the only person that can protect myself and if I don't want to be disappointed, then you just shouldn't have any expectations. How many times, like, have, like, some of us said that? <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, if you didn't want to be disappointed, you shouldn't have had any expectations. And that's obviously the wrong posture to take um, with with stuff like that. But um, it eventually just kind of turned my heart cold. And so that's when I, I didn't want to cry and I didn't want to show, um, to, to other people that I was hurt. Um, I'm always fine. I'm good. You know, how are you? I'm fine. I mean, I think, I think sometimes that's the biggest lie we tell people. Um, I know for me it was, you know, I was just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm fine. But inside I was so angry <laughs> and so bitter and so broken. Um, but it's a, it's just a testimony to, where God has worked in my heart and where he has worked in my life. So today, um, I'm recording on a Sunday today in church. Um, our pastor was talking about how family matters and it's getting close to, um, it's getting close to the holidays and, um, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you're feeling lonely, unless your family is not fully together. Um, unless you're a single person like me and you see people getting engaged everywhere and you don't understand why you're, you've been in a single of single, uh, a season of singleness for a year and a half, you know, um, this is going to be a Christmas that'll be difficult because my sister will not be with us. Um, she's not dead. (laughs) She's not dead. Um, she's just off, um, doing her own thing. Um, um, trying to find herself, trying to find God. Um, but she won't um, be coming home for Christmas. And I honestly haven't talked to her in a while. Um, and that's that's hard when you're such a family-oriented person and you won't have your family there. Um, and uh, I went out with a, a friend last night and I told her, you know, cause she's a, I love her to death, but she's always trying to find me a man. <laughs> um, but I told her, I said, you know, I just have a feeling that God is hiding me. And she looked at me and she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I think he's hiding me. And that's why I'm in this, uh, season of singleness. Um, you know, cause I've had friends, you know, give guys my number and I don't know why I'm talking about this. This is so weird. 
Um, but you know, Hey, whatever. Um, but you know, they've never reached out or we've never, you know, you know, nothing's ever shaped. And I'm just like, I'm pretty sure that God is hiding me. And that's a really interesting place. And I've, I've talked to God about this a lot. I said, God, I feel like you're hiding me. Um, and I said, and that's not a fun place to be. And like, I'm just going to be real. Um, I said, God, that's not a fun place to be is when I feel like you are hiding me. And I said, and I know, like, I know in my heart, you're hiding me for a good reason. You're shielding me from something or you're hiding me for my future spouse or you're hiding me to protect me, um, from the enemy and, or you're hiding me in order to make sure that, um, my calling and my purpose is protected. I said, I know that I said, um, but it just sucks when I'm hidden because it makes me feel invisible. Um, and I just took my dogs for a walk not too long ago and, um, I was having this same conversation with him and he says, not everyone gets to see you. And I was like, what? And, um, (laughs) he said, not everyone gets the opportunity to see you because if they get an opportunity, they're going to take advantage of that opportunity. And I knew what he meant. So I know he's protecting me. Um, but I just told God, I said, sometimes, like, I love your protection. And I, of course, I want to obey you. But sometimes um, it's not fun. <laughs> like, right? It's not. I mean, the Bible does not ever <laughs> promise us happiness. Please give me the verse where it said, Jesus promises you happiness. I can give you several verses where it said, um, you're going to suffer. And I, I can't say that I'm suffering right now. I really can't. Cause I, I would feel like that would be, I don't know. It just, I don't think I'm suffering, but sometimes being obedient to God is not fun. Sometimes it hurts. And I think it's because, um, that's the sacrificing of our flesh. That's the crucifying of our flesh part. Um, because you know, in today's day and age, we're all so me, 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 me centered. And it's always like, Oh, do what makes you happy. Do what makes you comfortable. Just do you, do you, do you, do you, but that's not what God calls us to do. God calls us to lay down our life. That was a very aggressive F that I just put on that (laughs) life. Um, And he calls us to crucify our flesh and that we have to die to ourselves. It's, oh, what is that verse? I believe it's Matthew 10. Give me a second. I got to look it up. Um, Because I've I'm giving y'all the addresses, right? I've talked about this where I need to be better at giving you the the addresses. But it says, um, you know, he who wants to keep his life will lose it. And the, the, the one who loses his life for my sake will, will find it. Help me, Holy Spirit, find it faster. Yeah. Oh, this is in the King James Version. 
um, hold on. I don't, I like the King James version. Um, you know, and it's like original context, but sometimes it's a little hard to understand with all the saith and doeth and all the hosses. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the hosses. Okay, yes, I was right. It is Matthew 10. It's Matthew 10, 38. Um, 10, uh, Matthew 10, 38 through 39 says, and whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it, and anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. And so um, I'm in a season of sacrificing my flesh and sacrificing what feels good. And like I said, obeying God, sometimes it hurts because there's a part of me that is dying. There's a part of me that I am I am crucifying. There's a part of my flesh um, that I'm fighting. And it hurts sometimes. But I know that on the other side of that, there is blessing and there is promise and there is reward because our God is faithful and he'll never leave me. Um in the deep to drown. Um, you know, like I kind of mentioned a few minutes ago, I kind of feel like Peter stepping out on water. And um, so when I was asking God what this episode should be, um, that is exactly when the song available um, came up on my Alexa. And then... Um, God, uh, the Holy Spirit brought, brought back to my memory, um, Moses, um, where he said, here I am. And this was all within like the same amount of time. Cause I was in my, I was in my quiet time with the Lord. And, um, so he, he brought me to Exodus three and, um, I'm going to read this because uh, this all ties together and it has a point, I promise. Um, so Exodus 3, meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock that his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings, and I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Parasites, I, I don't know how to pronounce that one, Hivites, <laughs> Hivites, I can't, these names, y'all. Mm-mm, mm-mm, I can't. And Jebusites. Um, so because the Israelites' cry for help has come to me, and I have also seen the way of the Egyptians oppressing them, therefore go, I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So I'm just going to stop there. Um. This was, you know, Moses stepping into the unknown. 
he was called by a burning bush. You know, God was in the bush, of course, but um, he said the words, here I am. And um, the words, here I am in Hebrew is um, Hineni, literally Hineni. Um, and it is found, said 17 times in the Bible. And by six people in the Bible, it was first said by Abraham, um, and that is Genesis 22.1. And we're just going to go to all of these um, verses and read them aloud. So Abraham, um, this was the sacrifice of Isaac, um, where God had asked Abraham to um, sacrifice his only son, Isaac, Um And it said, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Um, And, you know, it goes on. Abraham got up early in the morning, took a donkey, took his son. Um. But that's, that's another place where he said, here I am. You know, he, God calls him by his name. Here I am. You know, the, the second one is Moses. And we read that in Exodus 3, 4. Um, it was also uh, Jacob um, in Genesis 31. Um, Jacob also says, here I am. Uh, so uh, Genesis 31, 11, And then he also says it again in 46, 2. But. Thirty-one, eleven. Um, where is it? When the flocks were breeding, I saw in a dream that he had streaked, spotted, and speckled males that were mating with the females. In that dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he looked up, said, Look up and see. Um, so there, Jacob also said, Here I am. You know, here I am. <coughs> Excuse me, I had uh, influenza A, and it's so not fun, and I'm still trying to, like, not hack up a lung. It's so much fun. Um, and then Jacob says it again in 46, too. That night, God spoke to um, Israel in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he said, and Jacob replied, here I am. God said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. And then um, another... Um, place and person who said, here I am, was Samuel. And we see that in 1 Samuel 3, 4. The Lord called to Samuel and he answered, here I am. He ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. So um, this was Samuel's call. Um, The boy uh, Samuel uh, served the Lord in Eli's presence. Um, And back then the, the Lord's voice wasn't around much. Um, but, um, the, the man that Samuel served, his name was Eli. Um, he had like really bad eyesight. Um, and so he was like lying down and it says he was lying down in his usual place. And before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, was located. So that's a, it's a very, very holy place. So he's a servant of God. Um, so the Lord called to Samuel 
And so he said, here I am. But he thought Eli was the one that was calling him. And we see this again. The Lord was calling him Samuel. Samuel went to Eli and he's like, I'm like, here I am. You called me. And he's like, I didn't call you. Go, go lie down. Um, it says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Um, once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, he went to Eli, he said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The, the Lord came, stood there, and called before Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do something in Israel that will cause everyone who hears about it to shudder. Um, I just think that's really interesting how he was calling to Samuel. And the word of the Lord had not been yet revealed to him. So he didn't know the Lord's voice, but the Lord still spoke to him. So even if you are maybe new to God and you don't know exactly where you stand on it, um, he, he will still speak to you. He still calls you by your name. He still calls out to you. You don't have to be a Christian, um, you know, or this huge follower in order to be called by God. Um, he, he speaks to anyone. And I just find that that was just really, really interesting. The next person that said, here I am, was the prophet Isaiah. And that is located in Isaiah 6, 8. And uh, that says, then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, who will I send? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. And then, um, so a lot of, like all of these here I am's are in the Old Testament, but there is one in the New Testament. Um, it is Acts 9. Is it Acts 9? Yeah, it's Acts 9. Um, Acts 9, 10, and that is Ananias that says it. Um, it says, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord. He replied, um, get up and go to the street called Straight. The Lord said to him, the house of Judas, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision, he has seen a, seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. In all, um, in all of these places where, um, the Lord called them, they all said, here I am. And that's really, really different from the words, you know, like I'm right here or I am here. Um, this is a specific Hebrew word. Like I said, Hineni, that is only found in these passages in Hebrew, Hineni. Like I said, it's only found 17 times in the Bible. And it is a word for sons um, and daughters of God who are willing to do God's will no matter what or no matter the cost. And if you look at every single one of these people, um, God gave them a very large commandment or a very large purpose or um, a very large task at hand. Um, you know, God was sending Abraham to a new land and he gave him a promise that, you know, his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. <coughs> Jacob had to go to Israel and, or Egypt, excuse me. And all of these people, Moses and Samuel, Isaiah, they were all called by God in order to do something um, really, really big, bigger than them. 
bigger than them. Anytime God calls us to do his work, it is always going to be bigger than us. It is always going to be something that we on our own cannot handle because it will be through that, through that purpose. It will be through that calling, through that obedience, that God's strength, his power, and his glory will be magnified because we are still mere humans. We are still sinful. We're still trapped in these, these sinful bodies. Um, we are still stupid sometimes. Yes, I said we, are st- we, we can still be stupid. Um, and if you get offended at that, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but I mean, I've done some real stupid stuff, um, in my lifetime and I'm definitely going to probably still make more stupid mistakes, you know, down the line. Um, there are things that I'm ignorant to. There are things that I still let my pride get in the way. Um, and to be completely honest, um, I would never have chosen this for myself. Like speaking on a podcast podcast platform, sharing my my testimony, telling people of like the hardest parts of my life, and you know, like I I would never have chosen this for me, um, because it's scary to me because I don't like to fail. I don't you know, I want to make sure I have everything right. I'm a planner. I like order and I like logic. And, um, that's not how God works. Um, because if we could logic God and if we could reason God, and if we could figure him out, if we could wrap our minds around God, then he would not be worthy of the term God. And I know for a lot of unbelievers out there, um, they just can't understand God. They don't understand why um, this happens or how he could be um, all-knowing and unbound by time or how he could have existed before time began and how he he was not created, but he is the creator. And like the and their their brain is just searching for answers and trying to wrap logic around it or wrap science around it. Well, God invented science. If you really want to find God, look at science because science only proves the very existence of God. But if we could figure God out, he would not be worthy to be God. If we could put him in a box, we would be God, not him. If we had all of the answers, we wouldn't need him. That is why when God calls, I'm going. Because I can't do it on my own. I will mess it up if I try to do it on my own. I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm probably going to say stuff on here that people are going to be really not happy with. It, it probably has already happened. <coughs> but I... I'm going to do my best to speak the truth and speak it in love because I've seen where God has pulled me from 
And he has turned that heart of stone that never wanted to cry, never wanted to feel. And he gave me a heart of flesh. I mean, I was in church today. My pastor was talking about family and he was talking about all this stuff. And I was teary eyed almost the entire time. And I was just, I've just, it's just been emotional for me. And, you know, things that wouldn't normally make me cry, make me cry now. And it's because that the Lord has slowly been holding my hand and walking me through things. And, um, yeah, I just, I cry a lot more now. Um, I feel a lot more now. And I'm slowly starting to realize that that heart of stone that I used to have for people is now turning into a heart of compassion. Because I, I told God, um, I told Jesus, I said, okay, I'm your servant. Um, but I, I cannot be a leader if I do not serve. I, I cannot call myself a servant of, of the Lord and not love people and not have compassion for people. And so now I have, you know, like I've said, I've always loved people, but then it kind of turned into a bitter cynicalness and a heart of stone. And now he's, uh, he's given me that heart of flesh and he's softened my heart and he's opening my eyes to see things and, um, things that I, I'd never would have thought possible. And sometimes I think it like a lot of people think it's easier just to oh be cynical and to like have a hard heart towards people because you think you're protecting yourself when actually you're isolating yourself. Um, and then he's like, oh yeah, well I just knew they were going to do that, and so you know I I shouldn't be surprised. You know I'm I'm just I'm a lone wolf. I'm just going to be on my own. No, you built that wall yourself. And the more, the more you build that wall, the more you're going to isolate yourself, not just from people, but from God too. And that's what happened to me. The higher I built that wall around from people to, to avoid getting hurt, I actually started blocking out God's love and his voice because I came, I became so consumed with protecting myself that I shut out my protector. I shut out the one person, Jesus who would never take advantage of my vulnerability, my heart, my emotions, my sadness, my joy, because I viewed him how I viewed people or I viewed him how I viewed men, right? I've said that multiple times, almost ad nauseum. And then, you know, like I've shared before, he became a disappointment to me. I thought that he turned his back on me, but it was actually I turned my back on him. He was trying to get through my walls, but I was just laying up brick after brick after brick. And um, I had to understand that if I wanted purpose in life, if I really actually wanted God, that I had to let go of a lot of things. And um, looking at all of these these men that said, "Here I am," Hanani, a word for sons and daughters of God who are willing to do God's will no matter what, and no matter the cost. That's heavy. No matter what, and no matter the cost. And. Just saying that seems really, really daunting. 
But then I listened to that song and I always, I've always said, you know, God, I just want to do your will. I just want to do your will. And like I've, like I, I said before, I've felt the calling from God. And now that I'm stepping out into this podcast on my own, the calling does not stop just because it doesn't look like what I thought. And th- the enemy wants me to not continue. I mean, y'all, I have had spiritual warfare upon spiritual warfare, like problem after problem after problem arise up. And it is because the enemy sees something in my future that terrifies him. And so when Tasha said that she, she's going to step out of the podcast to focus on her health, of course, I was not angry at her whatsoever. She needs to focus on her health. But I was like, well, there goes my podcast. Like that, that was my co-host. That was, that was my, my girl that we had, you know, we had a calling for. And God's like, your calling is still your calling. But the enemy was wanting me to stop this. And it's not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Satan, you can try to stop me. You've almost succeeded in the past, but you've still lost. And you will not stop me from my purpose. You messing with the wrong one. Your warfare, you thought, was making me weak. but it actually made me stronger. Your warfare thought, you thought you were taking me away further from God. (laughs) But what you didn't realize is you threw me at his feet. You tried. Good try. You still lost. You're not stopping me from doing the will of the Father. Like I said, you got the wrong one today. So in that song, Available. Narrow as the road may seem, I'll follow where your spirit leads. Broken as my life may be, I will give you every piece. I hear you call. I am available. I say, yes, Lord, I am available. Here I am with open hands, counting on your grace again. Less of me and more of you. I just want to see you move. I hear you call. I am available. I say, yes, Lord, I am available. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. That is the posture I'm taking. Lord, you have called me. So here I am. Hanani.
Here I am, Lord. Upon this solid rock I stand. My rock of ages. Here I am, Lord. No matter what and no matter the cost. You've asked. I will go. Wherever your spirit leads me, I will go. Whether you take me to far off place in the world or you keep me right here in my small little town. Here I am. And like that song said, use me how you want to, God. My heart is open wide. My hands are open. You can have it all. And later on, Lord, it says in the song, nothing is a sacrifice. For the one who gave me life, nothing is a sacrifice. Use me how you want to, God. Have your throne within my heart. Father, you took me from a place of brokenness, sorrow. Death. And you brought me back to life. And it is only because of your love and your strength that I am here today. So this is the posture that I'm taking. Here I am. Do whatever you want in front of anyone who listens to this. <clears throat> I feel your I feel the presence of of the Holy Spirit in this room right now cuz my heart is pounding so stinking hard and I'm wrapped up in a blanket and I have chills. <laughs> And I'm like teary-eyed. But this is the posture that God wants us to take. When he calls us, he wants us to say, here I am. And I'm not necessarily saying he's calling everyone into ministry or he's calling you here, calling you there. Just in general. He calls us by our name to him. When he calls you, it's because he wants you. He wants you, so he calls you, you by your name. So he can wrap you in his arms and love you back to life. And that's what he's done for me. And so I know maybe a lot of people who are listening kind of don't understand, you know, especially when that song said, use me how you want to, God. That scares people. And honestly, it still scares me a little bit because a lot of times we, we, we look at that, use me how you want to, like, oh, I'm just going to be used and abused. That's not God. I can willingly and openly say in front of anyone who listens to this when it's released or in the future, 
that God does not use people the way people use people. God uses people for his glory, for his, his, to magnify his name. But not only that, he uses us to take us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And he wants to bless us and he has promises for us. So he's not just going to use us and cast us aside and leave us broken. He will find us broken and he will put us back together and he will make us whole. Uh, I have a video on my TikTok. Um, it's in God she trusts, of course. Um, but um, I was talking about this exact same thing, um, and it's a it's a piece of art form called kintsugi, and it's a it's a Japanese art form. And what it is is usually like if a pot you know falls, breaks, or is shattered, or whatever, instead of just tossing the pieces aside, what they do is they reform the pot back together using gold. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful. So like you have these pieces of clay and you can see where the edges were broken, but inside it's filled with gold. And that is exactly what God does for us. What the world sees as broken, he sees as, as a masterpiece. What, what the world would have just brushed aside and thrown away, he puts us back together. But instead of putting us back together, you know, before we were first broken, he puts gold into those broken pieces. So he makes us more valuable being put together after we were broken. Because if you just put the pot back together, you know, say super glued it, it still would have lost value because it was broken. But this art form, because they use gold to put it back together, it actually increases its value. And that is exactly what God wants to do with all of us. He wants to pick up our broken pieces, put us back together using his glory, beauty, and love, and make us more valuable than we ever were before, before we were broken, when we thought we were whole. But it is usually in those broken moments that we understand that we can't keep putting ourselves back together, that we need somebody else to do it for us. And not just somebody else, somebody who won't do us wrong. Someone who will never fail, who has never failed, has never lost a battle, and is completely undefeated. God does not want a prisoner. He wants a partner. A lot of um, a lot of unbelievers view God as controlling, manipulative, sometimes even narcissistic. That's not him. That's we cannot see an imperfect God through the or sorry, we cannot see a perfect God through our imperfect flesh. We we view God as just another mortal being. But like I said, you can't reason who he is. You can't outthink or you can't put him in a box because he goes above and beyond everything. And so we view him like a regular person, but he's not a regular person. A regular person would not die for their enemies. A regular person would would shoo our broken places aside and cast us away. 
a regular person would use us and toss us to the side, but he puts us together and he gives us a purpose and he gives us being and he gives us wholeness and he gives us life. He does not want a prisoner. He wants a partner. He's not going to use me and cast me aside. He is going to use me and he, I know that my life is going to be better because of where he's going to take me. Because if I took myself wherever I thought was best for me, I'm still going to fall apart. I'm still going to break. I'm still going to mess up because I have tried to do things by myself on my own multiple times over and over and over again. And it ends the same. It ends in failure. It ends in brokenness. And so I'm doing it God's way this time. I'm doing whatever he wants me to do. I'm going wherever he wants me to go because his ways are higher than my ways. He, get, he will give us the desires of our heart. And sometimes we don't even know what that is. And then he gives us something that we never would have thought we would have wanted. And it was exactly what we needed. It was better than what we could have possibly imagined. So I'm going to give, a, give several verses um, that kind of go along with what I said. God doesn't want a prisoner. He wants a partner. Um, Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's not going to burden me with fear. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He will get, he might give us something to do that seems daunting and crazy. I mean, he told Abraham like, yeah, go to the place I I will tell you. Same thing when he went to sacrifice Isaac, go to the place I will show you what like to sacrifice him. And Abraham was like, okay, here I am, Lord, all of this stuff. And then he gets there and God gives him a blessing, gives him a promise. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know what God has planned. But when he gets there, he sees God's promises and he trusts in his faithfulness. It might be scary, but God gives us the strength to get through it. Not our strength, but his strength. Not our will, but his will. Now we're going to turn to Isaiah 58. I love, y'all, I, the book of Isaiah mm, is so good. I I'm pretty sure it's my favorite one. I mean, I really I have a lot of books that I like. Um, Matthew and Isaiah are probably my favorite books of the Bible. Um, Isaiah 58, 6 through 11 says, um, Isn't this the fast I choose to break the chains of wickedness to untie the ropes of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to tear off every yoke. Is this not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him, to not ignore your own flesh and blood? Then your light will appear like the dawn, and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. 
at that time when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will, he, he will say, here I am. If you get rid of the yoke among you, the finger pointing and the malicious speaking, and if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted one, then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will be like noonday. The Lord will always lead you, satisfy you in a parched land and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never runs dry. That is our Lord. His righteousness will go before you and the Lord's glory will be your rear. He will be all around us. He is, what's that song? The blessing. Um, He's before you, behind you, beside you, all around you. He's not going to call us somewhere and then leave us stranded. Your light will appear like dawn and your recovery will come quickly. But you know, I've been saying here I am to the Lord that the Lord calls me, but it says in verse nine of Isaiah 58, at that time, when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will say, here I am. So not only does he call us and we say, here I am, but when we call for him, he says, here I am. The Holy Spirit just said, you will never have to search for me because I am always there. Just call upon my name and I am here. He wants to set the oppressed free and to tear off every yoke, to break the chains of wickedness, to untie the ropes of the yoke. I also said in a couple episodes ago that, um, uh, you know, God gave me a vision when I was, um, getting ready to leave a relationship. And I was just like, um, that I was in my vision. I was just bound in chains from head to toe and, um, God's hand was just stretching out. And I was just like, I can't, you know, I, I like I'm, I'm chained and I'm chained. And, um, I looked down and I was the one holding the chains and all I had to do was just let go of them because he already untied and broke those chains. He already took the yoke off of me on Calvary. When he died for me, every single chain, every single rope, every single yoke, every single weight, every single burden broke off of me. That is why God is different. And I know that is so hard for some people to understand why anyone would do that for anyone. But that is what God does. That is who God is. The chains and the ropes that we put, put on ourselves, he freely takes off. That is why I go where he goes. That is why wherever he leads me, I'll go. Because he took my burdens and placed them on himself so I wouldn't have to deal with them anymore. Y'all, like, this is true joy. This is true peace. 
you cannot have happiness and sadness together. But you can have joy and you can have sadness. Joy and happiness are two separate things. Happiness is kind of based on here in the moment. How do I feel, you know, right now? But joy is different. Joy is eternal. In the in the sadness and the loneliness of, you know, not having my my family together, I still have joy because of who my father is and because of who Jesus is and what he has given me in my life and what he has has yet to give me because he's he told me, I'm just getting started. I can have joy and sorrow at the same time. I can have joy in any circumstance and in every circumstance because I know who holds my hand along the way. This is why y'all need to make sure you're in a church and you're surrounding yourself with faith-filled people because I did not talk like this a year ago. Like, I really didn't. So I... I switched churches, not, absolutely nothing wrong with my previous church. Love my previous church. Um, they gave me a very strong biblical foundation. Um, but God led me to a new church. And they're, y'all, these people are just something else. They just do things differently. Not only do they read the word of God and believe it, but they walk it out. And so that's why like getting in a church and surrounding yourself with friends who are faith filled and who actually do the walk, not just talk the talk, but they walk the walk. It changes everything. Y'all, my mindset is different. How I talk is different. Like, If any people from my church are listening, y'all have me speaking out in faith. Oh my gosh. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that I actually would get there? Because like when a bad incident would happen or, you know, um, something unfortunate would happen, I'd be like, oh, woe is me. You know, like, oh, I I just knew something like this would happen. Now something bad happens and I'm just like, "Mm, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. My God goes before me. He is behind me. He is all around me. Like this is what happens And so I can look at anything that comes at me as scary as it may be. And I'll be like, you know what? I'm fine. I will be fine. It may hurt in the moment, but I'm going to cling to the strength of my Lord. I am going to cling to the promises of God, to his faithfulness, because he has never once failed me. I have failed him over and over and over again. So many times it's ridiculous ridiculous how many times I have failed him, but he has never failed me. And this is why I'm so passionate about, I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you did an hour ago. I don't, I don't care. What I do care about and what I do want to try to drive into people's heads is how much God loves you. He does not 
find us broken and leave us broken. He fixes us up with gold and he makes us more valuable because we are valuable to him. He is the God of heaven and earth. He created every single thing that you can put your eyes on. He created it with with words of his mouth. But you and I, male and female, he created us. He created us by his own hands. He spoke into existence the sky, the earth, the moon, the stars, the sun, the fish, the animals, the trees, everything. He spoke that into existence. But when he made us his ultimate masterpiece. He formed us with his own hands. That is intimate. That is intricate. If you're a creator or you're a painter or anything like that, or a, or a sculptor of clay, it's intimate. You are, you are so intent with what you are doing. That is what we are to God. Yes, he, he cares for all creations. He, he cares for the lilies. He cares for the crows. But he spoke those into existence. But you were created by his bare hands. What's that verse that even the angels are like? Like, what is this creature who is just barely below God? And I know that that verse says, um, who is this creature who are, who are just lower than the angels? But if you actually look at the, at the word, I believe it's Adonai, which means God. Don't quote me on that, but I know the word that it is in Hebrew means Lord or God. And so even the angels, the angels, we are above the angels because he created us with his bare hands. That is how much we mean to God that he created everything else with a, with a breath, with a word like hmm, air, go boom, done. But he took men from dust, formed us out of the dust, formed women out of his rib, made us with his hands. And we are the only creation he did that with. So if you don't think you're valuable, you best, you, you best get a different mindset. You, bet, you, you better start thinking different. Um, that's it. <laughs> like, like, I, I mean, I know a lot of people, sometimes they feel like they're worthless or they're, they don't have any value or like no one would care if I'm gone. Stop thinking that you are so valuable. You are so valuable because the God of heaven and earth sees you. Adonai Elroy, the God who sees me. All-knowing, all-powerful God, the God who sees me. That's just crazy to me. That as huge and glorious as he is, that he sees this tiny five-foot girl, <laughs> you know, um, with a just a loud personality, like, but he, you know, in a small, in a, in a town of 7,000 people, he sees me and he talks to me. Hold on. I need to find that verse. Who are above angels? I'm Googling it. Um, 
Is that right? Hebrews 1, 13 through 14. Yep. I, I got to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Hebrews 1, 13 through 14. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So the angels are our servants, our ministering spirits sent to serve us. And it says, to which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand and until I will make your enemies a, a footstool for your feet? He didn't say that to the angels. He said that to us. I'm just trying. I just feel so hard right now that there is somebody out there listening that they feel like they have no significance or they feel like they have no worth. Since then, you have been raised with Christ so set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on unearthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Y'all, you know how I said, how I feel like I'm being hidden? That just hit that just hit me. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. All right, I'm fine with being hidden now. That's fine. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Colossians three, one through four. We are co heirs with Christ, raised and seated with him. So focus on heavenly things, not on earthly things, because all this earthly stuff is just going to pass away. If you guys need some more scripture um, for um, what I said, God does not want a prisoner. He wants a partner. He wants to partner with you. He does not want to put you in chains because he broke off the chains, so he's not going to put you in, in more of them. So here's some more. So I gave you Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I read you Isaiah 58, 6 through 11. Then um, read Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Um, Genesis two fifteen. that's other, you know, that's, um, when he gave Adam a job, right? Um, Exodus 23, 25, Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 13, and then, um, Matthew 10, 38 through 42. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, in front of, you know, <laughs> I didn't mean to like break out into prayer and, you know, you know, talk to God on my podcast, but it just, I don't know, it just happened. Um, but yeah, like this is, this is my calling. This is my purpose and the devil's not going to stop me. He called me by my name. So I'm saying, here I am. Hanani, here I am. God is calling you by name. So all you needed to say is here I am. I feel like that's a really good place to stop. Um, you know, help, help, help out my podcast, rate, share, review, subscribe. Um, if something resonated, um, in this podcast episode, share it with people. Um, I just, I just want to get the gospel out there. I just want to share the good news of the Lord and get it out there. Um, you can find me on social media in God, she trusts page on Facebook, in God She Trusts on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok. You can send me a, a Gmail at um, 
igstrust at gmail.com. And then, yeah, rate and review um, on Spotify, Apple, wherever. And um, I hope you guys have, uh, you know, the best day. I'll be praying for you. You guys are going to do great. See you next week. 